can be uh, quietly walk to the back for their class. We'll take you to Joshua chapter number 4. The loss of memory is a terrible thing. It cuts us off from days gone by. It strips us away, uh, strips away the treasured resource of past experience. It erases our personal history and it leaves us accountably blank. Have you ever been forgetful? Find yourself forgetful as you get older? Uh, not remembering what you say, not remembering why you're in this room, not knowing if you're halfway up the stairs or down. You know what I'm talking about. Like the man who went to the doctor recently and he said to the doctor, Doc, I've been really forgetful lately. And the doctor said, well, how long have you had this problem? And he said, what problem? We've probably all been there. Certainly at times it's embarrassing not to remember. For some people, the failure of memory is largely unavoidable as age takes its toll. Some 15-year-old girlfriends decided to meet for dinner. They agreed on McDonald's next to the seaside restaurant because it was they only had $6 between them. Ten years later, these same girlfriends, now 25 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed on the seaside restaurant because it had no cover charge and the food was good. Ten years later, the same girlfriends, now 35 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed on the seaside restaurant because the combos were good, it was near the gym, and if they went early, they wouldn't have to put up with whiny little kids. Ten years later, the same girlfriends, now 45 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed on the seaside restaurant because they served Weight Watchers and the waiters were nice. Ten years later, the same girlfriends, now 55 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed on the seaside restaurant because the, it had windows that opened, you know, in case of hot flashes. Ten years later, the same girlfriends, now 65 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. They decided to go to the seaside restaurant because they had an earlier bird special and the lighting was good. Ten years later, the same girlfriends are now 75 years old, discussed where to meet for dinner. Finally, they agreed on the seaside restaurant because... They'd never been there before, so they decided to go this time, try it out. Age is a terrible thing, isn't it? We make jokes about forgetfulness, like the forgetful cow that gives milk of amnesia, or the group of forgetful congressmen called the Oversight Committee, and they're only going to get worse if you don't laugh, friend. That's the best thing you can do is just give, there you go, all right, I'll stop then. This isn't always the case, though. Sometimes we're forgetful because we neglect what has happened before us. Uh, we become inattentive to those who have went before us. We center all of our attention only on our own time and place. We act as though the present is all that matters, as if the past can be cast off and does not matter or does not need to be looked to. <coughs> Here we are with Memorial Day upon us. We remember and respect those who died, those whose days are ended. They don't have a future. And no surprise, though, many people 
this weekend will not reflect on this holiday any more than just another day off work, another day. Our society has that problem. In our modern age of change, we don't tend to look to the past to find any wisdom. We view what has been as irrelevant to what is now. And if you've been around any time, you know that's a dumb thing to do, isn't it? Truly, most people I have found view the world as having started the day they were born. Didn't you do that for a long time as a youth? I mean, I knew intellectually that the world existed before March 28, 1974. I'm sure everybody was very sad. I mean, what really was worth living until I came along, amen? That's how we think. That's how people treat the world around them. The ancients are not our models. The elderly are not our guide. We place very little value on traditions and inherited customs. And so when Memorial Day comes along, we do not automatically then turn to the past and those before us. No, many people just simply use Memorial Day as an extra day off work. 75% of us will have a cookout tomorrow. Did you know that on Memorial Day in America, 818 hot dogs a second are consumed on Memorial Day? That, like half of, that's, my son's like half of those, but that's a lot of hot dogs, isn't it? Nothing wrong with any of that, but I'd like to challenge you to take it one step further this Memorial Day. Let's read, if you would, Joshua chapter 4 is where we're at. We're going to start at verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take ye hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Twelve stones, ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place, where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men, whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan. Take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Now think about that. We don't have stones as much today. We have stars, we have stripes, and we can ask the question, what does that mean? And that's what this is for, uh, that's what those stones were for. Then you shall answer them, verse 7, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, as Joshua commanded, <clears throat> and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them into the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up the twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. Father, I pray you'd help us as we look at this passage, we'll look at some other verses, and we encourage and challenge each one of us today to remember and what to remember, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach today on why you should remember. Why you should remember. There's value in remembrance. You see, a failure of memory is a spiritual danger for all of us. Failing to remember the important things in our life 
can cause you to fail in your faith. Forgetfulness erodes the foundation of our relationship with God. Let me explain that a little further. In Judges chapter 7, I'm sorry, Judges chapter 3 and verse 7, the children of Israel were worshiping false gods, and that verse tells us the reason that they worship false gods is because they forget the Lord their God. In fact, in Psalm 106, 21, the Bible tells us why the Israelites worship the golden calf. Remember that? When the when the when uh, Moses went up the mountain, and then, according to Aaron, they threw their, their, their rings and their bracelets and their gold into the fire, and, and a calf jumped out. That was Aaron's story. And uh, then they worshiped that golden calf. You know why? Psalm 106.21, they forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. God's people were complaining. And in Psalm 106.13, it tells us why they complained. They forgot His works and waited not for His counsel. A quick scanning of your Bible will show you many times why we ought to remember. We ought to remember what God did for us. And uh, the, that's what He tells Israelites all the time. We find references to monuments memorial feasts, and stories passed on. All these things serve to reinforce the sacred memory of the people of God. The acts of God are rehearsed over and over so people would not forget what God has done for their sake. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, but it's not just another holiday. For those who have lost a family member or a loved one, to a conflict or military action. It's much more than that. Memorial Day is a day set aside for us to remember those who gave their lives for our freedom. No one is really sure when Memorial Day started uh, exactly. More than two dozen towns in America today uh, claim to be the birthplace of Memorial Day. It started with the tradition of decorating the tombs uh, or the gravestones of soldiers that had died in the Civil War. Uh, it was first officially recognized by General John Logan. It was first formally observed in Arlington National Cemetery on May 30th, 1868, when flowers were placed on the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers. After World War I, it was expanded to, uh, to include all battles and all wars, not just the Civil War. And tomorrow, all across America, People of all ages, all ethnic backgrounds, and all faiths will join in to remember the sacrifice of the men and women uh, that they made in battle so that we can enjoy our freedom. Those brave men and women made the ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could be here today. Let us never forget that. It's important to remember. You know, the Bible is full of memorials. The words remember, remembrance, and memorial are found over 230 times in your Bible. Memorial Day is important to us as Americans. I think we could all agree on that. However, Memorial Day is also important to us as Christians. And I want to look at a little bit of both today. It's important for three reasons. Number one, Memorial Day is a day of remembering. As Americans, we have the opportunity to remember the brave soldiers that died or sacrificed their lives to defend this country. Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And there is no greater love that we can see. One reason America is great is because it has been largely by, by choice. Sometimes there are, we've had draft a few times, but for the most part, 
It is people who by choice fight for the freedom of this nation and this country. Our service men and women have been willing to do that since the founding of our nation. In the Civil War, 408,000 soldiers gave their lives for the North. I'm sorry, 498,000 soldiers gave their lives for the North, 133,000 for the South. In World War I, 116,000 American soldiers died. In World War II, 407,000 American soldiers died. 54,000 American soldiers died in Korea. 58,000 in Vietnam. 148 died in Desert Storm. And 4,486 gave their lives in Iraq. Uh, there have been other conflicts and casualties, of course. More than a million Americans have died in wars around the world fighting for your freedom. So when the pledge is recited, friends, stand up straight. Put your hand on your heart and recite that pledge along with it. When the national anthem is played, do not sit down. Stand up and give respect to our flag. It is a reprobate that will take a knee when the national anthem is played. Why? Because of the price that has been paid for those colors. It's a good thing to remember. Thomas Jefferson said, though, we can take it beyond that. Patriotism is not a short and frenzied burst of emotion, but the long and steady dedication of a lifetime. Our text here is an example of this memorial practice. It tells the story of the Israelites' long-awaited entry into the promised land. After 40 long years in the wilderness, wandering, the people finally reached their destination. The Jordan River was swollen to overflowing. It blocked their way in the land, but that did not stop them, not with God on their side. When the priests that were carrying the ark, as soon as their feet touched the water, uh, the rivers of the, the water uh, stopped flowing, the river stopped flowing, the people crossed over on dry ground, just like their fathers had through the Red Sea. When they finished passing over Jordan, uh, Joshua was given a command by God. He said to build a monument to commemorate what happened here. The purpose was to remind the people uh, that, that their very existence is because of they are in the hands of the living God. Later, Moses instituted the Passover feast, and that had the very same purpose, to remind the people that it was God that brought about their liberation from slavery in Egypt. A memorial day, if you will. That's what they were doing here. A call to the Israelites is repeated throughout Scripture. Remember, God called your father Abraham in old age and promised him a nation. Remember, you were in bondage in a foreign land and you were freed by God's hand. Remember that God brought Israel to greatness even though she was weak. The psalmist summed it up in Psalm 105.5. Remember his marvelous works he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Those who forget soon fall into thanklessness. Have you noticed that? Our society, we see that all over. Those who forget fall into thanklessness. And we'll do no better. If we forget the value of our heritage, if we get the, forget the source of our blessings, it becomes very easy for us to take for granted all those things that we have and all that we are. We forget what James chapter 1, verse 17 tells us. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. In the blindness of our own pride, we start to trust our own wisdom and power rather than relying 
on the guidance and the might of our maker if we forget. A lot of bad happens when we forget. Why we should remember in our misguided self-confidence we will lose our way. It's a crucial thing that we remember. Uh, we remember those who've gone before us and sacrificed themselves. But for Christians, Memorial Day also is a time to remember the one who sacrificed his life to give us eternal life. If you'll notice on our communion table right here, inscribed in the front of it, it says, "Do this do in remembrance of me. Those words come directly from the lips of our Savior. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 24, when he had given thanks, uh, he break it and said, Take heed, this is my body, this do in remembrance of me. The, uh, God established communion as a memorial to his crucified son. Marble crumbles, iron rusts, dates drop, calendars, a drop off of calendars, the records will deteriorate, but Christians have taken communion and uh, as a reminder of the body and blood of Jesus Christ for over 2,000 years and remembered. We do it every month. It's, why do we do it? Not because there's any magical power in it. Not because it saves you. It doesn't. It's not a sacrament. Uh, there, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ordinance. It's something that we do for the simple purpose of remembering what Jesus Christ did for us. Why is it important to remember? Oh, friend, we ought to remember so that we do not uh, ever forget what God has done for us. It is given as an ordinance to the church. Inscribed at the base of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., are these words. In this temple, as in the hearts of people for whom he saved the Union, the memory of Abraham Lincoln is enshrined forever. The same way the memory of Jesus Christ should be enshrined in our hearts forever as well. This is what Memorial Day is all about. It's about remembering the ones who gave their all for our freedom. It's about remembering the one who gave his all for your and I, my eternal freedom. Secondly, not only remembering, but Memorial Day is a day for rejoicing. As Americans, we can rejoice in the freedom that we have in this country. Uh, what little we have left, amen. Really, though, we do have a lot of freedom left. Really do. The men and women who gave their lives in service of our country did not do so for nothing. They died fighting for that freedom. And it is that freedom that we celebrate on Memorial Day. We have the freedom to vote for our leadership in this nation. We have the freedom to debate who to vote for and who to not vote for. We even have the freedom to go on social media or Twitter and talk against the leaders that we have in place now. A lot of places you'd have jackbooted thugs coming in to drag you off if you did that. Years ago, during the height of the Cold War, the story was told of a Russian and American soldiers talking about what was going on in the Cold War. And the American said to the Russian soldier, America is so much better than communist Russia at that time. He says, in America we are free. We can express our opinions. In fact, he said, in America, I could walk into the Oval Office, I could slam my fist down on the desk, and I could say, Mr. President, to Reagan at that time, Mr. Reagan, I do not agree with how you're running this country. And the Russian soldier says, oh, he says, I could do that. In communist Russia, he says, oh, yes, I could do that. I could 
go up into the Kremlin. I could walk into Mr. Gorbachev's office and I could slam down my fist and say, Mr. Gorbachev, I do not agree with how Reagan is running his country. Now, the truth of the matter is, we are the free ones, amen. We have that freedom because of what was done and fought for in our nation. Because men and women died for this country, we have the freedom to preach God's word. We have the freedom to assemble together as Christians and worship the God we love. Did you know that in 51 countries today, I would be imprisoned or killed for doing what I'm doing right now, standing up, opening the word of God, and preaching the word? Yet we have the freedom to do that here in America. Tomorrow, as you gather with friends and family, you ought to give thanks to the, for the freedom we have here. We ought to enjoy freedom as Americans because men and women fell uh, in defense of it. Now, as Christians, we have much to rejoice about as well. We can rejoice in the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. It's a good thing to remember those who died for your freedom. But, oh, let's not, as we remember the ones as we should, who died in defense of those colors, let us remember the one who set us free spiritually as well, who set us free from spiritual tyranny. Jesus defeated death and hell that we might have liberty and freedom in his holy name. Jesus, uh, the Bible says in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. What are we free from, preacher? Well, Jesus set us free from sin, the power of sin. Romans chapter 6, when you got, uh, if you've ever accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, instantly Jesus set you free from the penalty of sin. As you grow in Christ and you try to live a sanctified and holy life, uh, as, and after you're saved, Jesus sets you free from the power of sin, Romans chapter 6. Now one day, and I can't wait for that day, but one day when we get to heaven, we'll be free from the presence of sin. That hasn't happened yet, but uh, it will one day. But you can be set free from the penalty of it. You can be set free from the power of it. Oh, what Jesus Christ did to set us free. The truth is, the only way to experience genuine freedom is through Jesus Christ. Everything else in life is an illusion of freedom. I read a story about a prisoner in Sydney, Australia. He was trying to escape jail, so he climbed under the hood of a bread truck. And there he made himself real small and sat beside a running engine. And uh, as they left the prison, he of course, had to wait until they got to the next stop. And when the van made its next stop, the prisoner sneaked out from under the hood. He was hot, dirty, sweaty, and he found himself in the yard of another prison just four miles down the road. Can I tell you, friend, our own attempts at lasting freedom will just leave you in another prison four miles down the road. The only real freedom, the only real liberty comes from faith in Christ. It sounds almost anti-American. We like to say to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps spiritually. You're not going to do it yourself. You can't. We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. None of us can do anything to save ourselves. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, you cannot do it. Salvation and freedom comes from what Jesus has done for you, not what you and I can do for Him. We don't earn God's love. Praise the Lord, we're invited to enjoy it. We're invited to experience it and embrace it. 
The Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Now, if that verse stopped there, that'd be a really dark verse. Because the wages of all of our sin is death. A wage is not a gift. That's something you earn. So because of your sin and because of my sin, every one of us earn death. We have enough birthdays. We're going to earn our own death, aren't we? Because of our sin. But, the Bible says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you earn your death, but you cannot earn a heaven, friend. That's a gift. Oh, what a blessing. Our American freedoms have been bought and paid for with the blood of soldiers. Our eternal freedom has been bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's something worth rejoicing over, isn't it? Amen. Memorial Day is a day for rejoicing. Memorial Day is a day for remembering. Memorial Day is a day for ringing out the message of God's saving grace. One of the most recognized symbols of freedom is the Liberty Bell. How many of you have ever seen the Liberty Bell? Stood up right next to Okay, a few of you. Uh, I remember as a teenager, I, went to, I got to go on a trip with a youth group to Philadelphia, and I stood next to the Liberty Bell. She hangs in the historic district of Philadelphia. She was ringing on July 8, 1776. She was bidding citizens to come together to hear the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence. It was read by Colonel John Nixon. And in that moment, the Liberty Bell fulfilled its purpose, designed by its inscription, which is this, and I quote, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. That inscription is taken from Leviticus 25.10. It's interesting to me that the purpose of the bell flows right out of God's Word. Can I tell you, friend, so does our purpose as well. Our purpose flows from God's Word. He has the same purpose for our lives, to proclaim liberty. Liberty that is available through Jesus Christ. No longer do you have to be a slave to sin. And no longer do you have to be held captive by fear and doubt. Jesus will set you free. John chapter 8, verse 36. The Bible says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Praise the Lord. Whether it be addiction, sin, guilt, destructive habits, de uh, depression, misery, or a life without meaning, Jesus will set you free. How does he do that? As we give our lives to him. Listen to this quote by Phillips Brooks. Uh, no man in this world attains to freedom from any slavery except entrance into some higher servitude. You know how you get rid of the slave of sin is to commit yourself to Jesus Christ and accept him into your life. No matter who we are, American, African, Asian, we have a common need. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned, as I just mentioned, and come short of the glory of God. That's our need. That is the need that every single one of us uh, have, whether we realize it or not. You say, but preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would throw anyone into hell. And you are right, sort of. So he made a way. The Bible says, being justified freely through his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You see, everyone has fallen short of God's standard because everyone has sinned. We, uh, freedom from the penalty of sin came when Jesus paid that penalty. If you choose to reject what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, it is not he that is throwing you into hell, it is you that is choosing to go there yourself. What, can, what more can God do than make it free? He can't do anything more than make it free. He doesn't force us on it, force it on us, and so 
remember what He did for us. As we remember those who fought and died for the cause of freedom, Christians everywhere need to ring out this message on Memorial Day and every day. During the Revolutionary War, Patrick Henry uttered those words that we know so well today, give me liberty, finish it with me, or give me death. We know those words so well. It became a slogan for the Revolution. Liberty or death, there were no other options. And so, as Christians, we need to be grateful for our freedom, but also joyful. As we celebrate Memorial Day, let us remember those who gave their lives for America and her freedom. It is a day to remember, rejoice, and ring out the message of Jesus Christ, who gave his life to guarantee our eternal freedom. Celebrate tomorrow as a nation founded on freedom, and as a people who have discovered and want to share that ultimate freedom in Jesus Christ. Hey, isn't it a wonderful thing to be a Christian? Isn't it a great thing to be an American? There is nothing better in the world today than being both. Amen? Let's ring out the message of Jesus Christ. Let's share that gospel message <coughs> to a world so desperately needing it. Yeah, I'm, I don't get political in the pulpit, or I don't like to get, uh, you know, sometimes we like to go on about the woes of our society, but I think we could all agree that as a nation, as a society, we have become very forgetful. We've forgotten what's been paid for that flag. There would, be no, there would be no young people in schools and universities get down on their knees when the anthem is sang if they would know what price was paid, if they would be taught what really was sacrificed for that flag. We're in a nation of people who have forgotten and we see the results of that forgetting. Now I challenge you today not primarily as an American, but primarily as a Christian. Don't forget what Jesus Christ did for you. Paul said, the love of Christ constraineth me. That is what kept him going. What Jesus did for him kept him going for Jesus. And so let us do the same thing today. Don't forget. There's value in remembering what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. What he suffered, what he went through. And then let us not forget all those that have sacrificed for us as well. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <coughs> I don't know where this message found you this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, Preacher, I'm not sure that I am a Christian. I'm not sure that that even applies. That part of it applies to me. I've never been set free from my sin. Would you pray for me? No one's looking around. Nobody's going to point you out or embarrass you. I'd just like to pray for you. If that's you today, Preacher, I'm not 100% sure if something happened to me today, I'd be in heaven. Would you just slip up your hand and let me pray for you?